wow, one more time. Come on, somebody say one more time. Praise him, Jesus. Pastor Kim in the back. I don't even see her. She snuck in there on me. Bless your heart. She's been in Africa doing mission work in California. She come all the way back to see her brothers and sisters in Lafayette. God bless you. We pray in which way you're proud Working for the Lord. Excited to be here today, Amen, Amen. I know it's always an honor, it's always a privilege to find myself in God's house, Amen. And I'm thankful to be here. I'm going to ask y'all to stand. We wanna, we've been talking about first fruits, Amen, and we've been in a little teaching series, Amen. And that first one, Amen. We were preaching on giving God your best. First thing that you produce goes to the Lord. How many of you been giving God your best? Amen. Come on, that's best in your heart. Amen. You give your best, and it speaks honor. It speaks love. It speaks reverence. It speaks worship. Amen. Amen. So we talked about that in the last week. We talked about the Lord's sacrifice. Amen. Did that bless you? Amen. Nothing speaks to God like the sacrifice. Amen. It's when we begin to sacrifice, that's when God begins to declare, Now I know that you love me. Amen. And I'm going to speak something to you today now. Y'all going to have to let me preach. Oh, I just got to drop all that. Praise the Lord. Hey, there we go. Amen. I'm going to be there the Bible said a prayer that goes into a helper. Thank you. 
I got to turn with me this morning, and then I'm going to ask y'all to do something, because y'all going to help me preach. We're not going to, we're going to have some interaction. Look at the young lady. She said she will. You rolling with me this morning? <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to ask all of y'all to stand. Let's go into this like blessing the food. Let's bless our food. Hallelujah. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we humble ourselves before you today. God, we're living in an adulterous generation, meaning, God, I finally get it, God. You have shared with me, God, what that meant when you called it an adulterous generation. Father, you were speaking about people that didn't want to commit. You were speaking about people that wanted to tell on the many things, and you as well. You were speaking about people that didn't understand covenant, neither honor covenant. You were speaking about a people that would go into a covenant with their mouth, but not with their heart. You were speaking about a people, Lord God, that, God, that were just committing, decommitting. Relationships would be fragile. Relationships would be shallow. God, but we don't want to be part of that adulterous generation. But you are calling the church to come out of that. You are calling the church to come out of that mindset. You are calling the church to come out of those those tendencies. God, because you want to be with your people. You want to walk with your people. God, but we can't walk with you and walk with the world at the same time. God, we can't walk with you in one part of our heart and then have other parts of our heart in other places. God, you will not accept us that way. God, neither should we believe that. So, God, you don't send me here today to let the church world know. God, that if they're not committed with all of their heart, oh God, they can't walk with you, oh God. God, help us to know, God, we can't be in some simple God. No, we can't be in my own God. No, we can't be in Cowboy God. No, we can't be listening to 955. No, we can't be watching things on TV we're not supposed to watch. No, we can't sit down at the table of Christ. No, at the table of the law at the same time. No, we can't serve two masters, God. No, we can't love you, God, in one moment, God. And love the world at the same time. God, you're calling us out of the world, God. God, you're calling us to sanctification. God, you're calling us to commit with all of our heart. God, with all of our mind, with all of our soul. God, you're calling us to be in an exclusive relationship with you. God, you said in the Bible, God, that you will have no other God before you. God, you said that you are jealous, God. God, you said your name is jealous. Help us to understand your nature. Help us understand your character. God, and free us from this world. Free us from those tendencies. Free us from those mindsets. God, so that we can learn how to walk with you, God. God, so that we can learn, God, what you require. God, what you're expecting. God, we want to be exclusive. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Before you take your seat, can I ask you to do something? Y'all going to help me today? Because you can't be ashamed. Even Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I'm ashamed of you. You know, the real player, they got some people women they're ashamed of. You can't come in front of I'm trying to get quiet on me. We're going to drive that spirit out of the church. You know how that is. Amen. So I'm going to ask y'all to do something for me today. Amen. I want y'all to check in. Y'all could do that. Go on y'all Facebook, check in. You don't have to. It's totally voluntary. 
Amen. First two Wednesdays to be part of the revival. The revival is 12 and 13. So the fifth will be the day we fast. So the third of July and the next week, well, this Wednesday coming up, that's the two Wednesdays before that. We're going to fast. Specifically for that revival. Okay? So if you are coming in here, even if you can't make the revival, so that's going to be three days of fasting. The Friday that we normally fast and the two Wednesdays prior to it. So with all of that fasting going on, we're going to light the place up. I'm believing God. Ain't no telling what's going to happen. But I know when you sacrifice, God moves. So how many of you going to believe God for a move with me? That's it. Can I get some more people that's believing with me? Y'all going to fast with me? So what we're going to do those two Wednesdays, we're going to fast through Bible study. And at the end of the Bible study, on those two Wednesdays, we're going to come off. So there's three days of fasting. And when you go on that fasting, believe God to heal you, believe God to strengthen you, and believe God to empower you, but also begin to lift that place of where we go and target that place in your prayers. Because we're believing God to do some great things. Amen? With one hand, we're not saying, I'm ready, I'm ready. All right, so let's jump into the book of Hebrews, chapter 9. Well, before I do that, I got two scriptures. Second Corinthians 6. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 and 18. If you have a say, amen. All right. Verse 14 to 18 says, Be not unequally yoked together, and I was like, yoked together with unbelievers. Now he put a prayer in there. Now he's getting ready to give you a list. He says, For what fellowship? He's going to ask you some questions. For what fellowship does righteousness with unrighteousness? I mean, if you know righteousness and unrighteousness, they fellowship together. Amen? Another question. In what communion does light? With darkness. That word communion means with something to join together. How many of you know light and darkness can't join together? Light is hell and the sin is darkness. So, what this scripture is saying is you can't be in sin and in holiness at the same time. Amen? To say that God is in the light, walk in the light while you have the light. So, you can't do both at the same time. Amen? Then he says, and what concord. As Christ would be loud. If Bilal is a demon and Christ is the Son of God. What he's saying is there's no way the church can walk hand in hand with a demon spirit and walk hand in hand with Christ at the same time. Somebody say you can't sit at Christ's table and Bilal table at the same time. Somebody say choose this day what table you want to sit down at. Ooh, that's fine. <laughs> then he says, On what part has he that believed it put an infidel? I mean, if you're saying you're a believer, your best friend shouldn't be an infidel. An infidel to me, somebody that don't believe in Christ. So how can you say you really believe in Christ, but your confidant or the closest person in your circle is somebody that don't believe in Christ? How many of you know some people in your life, you might have to cut them off? 
Lord, Sunday said, I already have. Do you want to know some of the biggest things that rob people peace? The people that's walking with the spirit of the law that's in your inner self and you love them so much, you can't see them allow in them because you love them so much. And every time you make up in your mind to draw closer to God, that friend you have with the law living on the inside of you always seem to have a word to make you back up and come in the circle of God. Somebody say, how long will you let the law be in your life? Somebody say, cut them off. All right. Getting somewhere. And then it says, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? And then Paul went a little further. He said, for you are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. He said, I will be their God and they shall be my people. He said, wherefore, come out from among them, be ye separate, touch not, he says, say the Lord, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. He said, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So that's what he is telling you. Come out and put your hand on your chest right here. Say, I am the temple of God, the Spirit of God lives in me. So therefore, God, boy, I hear the little children, y'all sound so good. So therefore, God himself lives in this body. He walks in me. He talks in me. So I will no longer let him listen to 95 Oh, y'all going to preach with me today. Say, I will no longer take him to the night club. Say, I will no longer let him listen to gospel. Because it's God's temple. And he's in me. Say, I will no longer take him downtown on a Saturday night at 1 o'clock in the morning. Because if I continue to do these things, I will no longer be the temple of God because He's going to leave. He only goes so far with you. He only walk with you so many times. Huh? He'll only be in a relationship with you. You know, he, he just won't stay in that temple because you keep exposing his spirit to things that's not clean. Every time you're around curse words, you hear that, but the spirit is that. The church needs to know that. We need to know because, let me read this in Hebrews. Let me read this in Hebrews. Let me go to Jeremiah 31 when we go on to Hebrews. We need to know that. We need to understand who we are and what's in us and how God is looking at this. God is looking at you like you are in a relationship with Him. Amen. Some of y'all thinking already. Some of y'all say, man, I didn't know that I had God watching pornography. 
Every time you do something unclean, the Spirit of God is right there with you. And you know you feel that nudge, you feel that uneasiness. You know what that is on the inside of you? Every time you bring the Spirit of God somewhere it's not supposed to be, that's Him. That's Him. The Bible says He came to reprove the world of sin. He comes to convict us. Meaning, anytime you're around environments that's not conducive to God being welcome, you're going to feel His Spirit start turning and moving. Why? Because He's uncomfortable. Some of you, when you first get the Holy Ghost, you're going to have them battles, and you bring them in environments, and the Holy Ghost is like, you ever been in a place and said this? Man, it's awkward. Sometimes the Holy Ghost is on the inside of you saying, man, this is awful. I came down from heaven, it's clean up there, and this person committed their lives to Christ. They got me summer everywhere, watching summer everything, listening to, man, this and he'll deal with you for a little while. But the Bible says the Spirit of God won't always strive with me. Amen? I don't get quiet on me. Y'all, 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 I can preach this message, okay? I can preach this, I The people I know, that's the kind of word they love. They're starting to say, yes. They say, now it's going to get me. If a man put away his wife, if he go from him and become another man's, shall he return unto her again? Men say this, if you mess around on me, you ain't coming back. How many of you feel like that? I know I feel like that. Who's supposed to feel like that? All God is saying is logical. That if you're in a relationship with somebody and they start messing around on you, it's logical for you to say, you're not coming back here. I forgive you, but that's over. That's okay. How many of you know that's okay? Why? Because marriage is a covenant. God is a God of covenant. When God goes into a relationship and when you come before the altar, when you sign a contract and you say, I do, that's a covenant that you've gone in with that other person. And what adultery is, adultery is the violation of the unbreaking or the unstealing of a covenant. That's why God is against it so much. Because you enter covenant and then you practice say, no, I want to break the covenant. So God is saying, naturally, when covenants are broken, the, per- the other person says, you can't come back here. I wish you well. I wish you get married again. I wish you all the happiness. I mean, I hope you go graduate college. I hope you, I mean, I just hope everything just works out fine for you. We got kids, and we're going to work out the arrangements. We're going to make sure Johnny good, Tally good, but me and you, that's a wrap. That's the best part of saying but then God says, shall not the land be greatly polluted. Now, this is what you got to know. When you in a covenant with God or in a marriage and you go another way, you are polluted. You are laying. You are laying. You are a piece of land. And any time you take one piece of land and mix it with another piece of land that you're not in covenant with, you polluted your land. So it is in the spirit when you commit to Christ. 
And then you go and you get entangled with other things. You are polluting your land, defiling your temple. Many people think defiling the temple of God is just putting physical things in it and causing the health of it to deteriorate. It's deeper than that. You defile the temple of God. He said, it's not what go in a man. that defile the man. He said, but what is coming out of the man? These are the things that defile the man. You are defiling the temple of God when the doctrine is in your spirit, when it's in your mind and it's in your heart. You are defiling a lot of y'all think you're just smoking drugs, that's defiling the temple. Well, you just said you're the temple of God, so Jesus said it's what's coming out of your heart. That's what causes you to be defiled. Somebody said, teach. Well, bless God. Maybe that's why y'all were crying. I love you. Well, bless him. <laughs> but God has played the harlot with how many lovers? Christ and his bride got many lovers. Miami Moon is somebody lover. Hennessy is somebody lover. Newport somebody lover. Bad attitude. You might just be in love with your bad attitude. You might just love the fact that whenever you feel like you can tell somebody off. That could be a lover. The lover just means something that you're trying to hide, that you love, that you don't want to let go. you got to get rid of all them lovers you have if you want to be in a relationship with Christ. So to me, it could be your lover. The first thing that comes to your mind in the morning, that's your lover. And I'm going to let you decide what that is. When you wake up in the morning, whatever's on your mind, whoever you're thinking about, when you go to bed at night, whatever was on your mind, that's who your lover is. Your lover is when you're doing one thing, when you're in love, that means I can't wait to get to you. So whatever you can't wait to get to, that's your lover. If you can't wait to get to prayer, that's what you love. But if coming in the house of God is a drag, don't tell them when they say, let us go to the house of the Lord, and you got to drag yourself down. Love is invigorating. Love is energizing. When you really love God, and it's time to come to his house, you're going to have a step in your step. Why? Because I'm getting ready to go be with the one I love. Can you say it one more time? I got to remember how I said it. <laughs> Just say amen. All right, now I'm going to try to say it. It might not come out the exact same way. <laughs> but your love is what you look forward to getting to. You could be sitting in here right now, saying you married to Christ, and your mind is on who you was laying with last night. That's your love, Just to say, purifies, Lord. How many of you don't want to have a lover no more? Somebody say, Jesus, I only want you. Well, you got to prove that. Jesus said, I'm looking at this modern church where they got many lovers. They want to use me. Jesus is like the man that pull up in town, the new guy on the scene in the S500, the CEO, and he's single. 
single ladies that man, so and so just pulled up in the town. There's a new bachelor. <laughs> There's a new bachelor. Y'all heard they got a new bachelor about six five. Looked like he was in the league, full of money, and they watching his finger. Oh, I didn't see a ring, girl. They start texting. I think the Lord sent my husband. They want him so bad they go and say a dream at night. Oh, God gave me a dream. The Bible says, man, whosoever you will, only in the Lord. That's no decision who you marry. Stop trying to put dreams in God and blame God. No, God didn't tell you that in a dream. That man might not even want you. He might not even be your type. He might look at you and say, oh, no, that's not what I'm after. God said the modern church world just want to use Christ like a, the newest, hottest bachelor in town. Just want all the benefits, but don't want to commit. Friends with benefits. Y'all know how that is? Well, I'm speaking to this modern culture, culture generation. <laughs> See? That's how it is. The poor, they don't want to settle down. They just want to live benefit and go. A lot of the church world, that's how they treat God. They only want to go to the church and talk about how I'm going to get blessed, 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 blessed. But what about the one that's going to say, come out from among them and be separate? And receive you. Church, well, he goes to still right. Hold it as well. No man going to see the Lord. Without, don't even step to the Lord. Everybody just wants to see, and that's a spirit. That that's a spirit. When you're looking for just a part of the package of God, but not the whole commitment, that's a spirit in her. Oh my God. We're going to drive that adulterous spirit clean out of the body of Christ. Amen. God don't want, God don't want people that just want to be halfway in. Oh, man. Look what Jeremiah said. Yet return again to me, said the Lord. God said, even though you went out there and you done had all kind of lovers, if you would hear my word today, I'll let you recommit to me and I'll forgive you and I'll act like you wasn't at Miami Moon last night. Miami Moon attendance about to lose some Christians. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I keep saying Miami Moon. That's the Holy Ghost. Don't raise your hand, but if you've been going to Miami Moon, stay out of there. Don't even ride down Stimco. God say, touch not, handle not, taste not. Taste just means a little piece of it. See, when you look at, when you're riding down still cold, you taste it. You look and you're browsing. God say, don't even look over there. Don't even drive out there. And stay from the very appearance of evil, said God. Now, Lord, help me get that adulterous spirit out of the church. Y'all know that's my job, is to prepare the bride for the groom. Mm-hmm. 
She said, it's that poop marathon. <laughs> Make sure you're ready to jump that boom. When you jump the boom, hey, that woman got a right to everything. <laughs> so you said, they're going to let you know, too. And that woman going to say, oh, no, we married now. What you mean that's your money? That was your money before this wedding day. But now that we done, you know, your money, my money, what you mean that's my house? No, you brought me in here. We signed that contract. Now that's my house. If I want to move this furniture, I don't want no traces of the woman you used to have in this house. Get a pictures out. Get a furniture out. Get a perfume out. No, I'm the new woman in this house. And I don't want no resemblance of the old woman. Why you want that woman to be happy if she's still seeing pictures of a woman that used to live with? Friends say they got a new sheriff in town. We gonna decorate this how I want it decorated, huh, friend? Can I get an amen? Now that go both ways, man. Look at where everybody leaned up in their seat when I said that. But women did like that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no pictures of George, you say. Tell us, I don't even want to see George's face. Now, how is it that we as human beings know that? We don't want to see no traces of the whole, but we want to bring the law in the church. God said, I don't want to see his picture. I don't want to see his face. He said, Thou shalt have no graven images before me. What he was saying is, I don't want you visualizing no other God in your mind. I don't even want you thinking about the world. I don't even want the picture to pop up in your mind. How is it that humans don't want to see traces of the old, but we want traces of the old in God's house? I say, I don't even want to see no traces of where you come from. Because that any man is in Christ. He is new, and half of his life is gone. I didn't even get corrected. God, I was trying to get a rebuke. We say, all things are gone. Your radio station gotta be of God. Your Pandora station's gotta be of God. Your players gotta be of God. The shows you program when you get off and work, if they're not of God, God don't even want to see them. What you mean? Because you are the temple of God. And whatever you're putting on your TV, God is watching that too. God said, I don't even want the images of it. A real man don't want no trace of it. A real man don't want no trace. A real man don't want a trace. He don't want to smell masculine cologne. And a real woman. Say not even strongest to swear. He said, I don't even want to smell a breath. Y'all think the women crazy? They ain't crazy. That's how they supposed to be. The man was just territorial. The dead guy here is suspicious. But some coming on raise a flag. A normal thing. That means they're emotionally tired. If anything can come in your territory and a flag don't come up, I gotta wonder what kind of person you are. I gotta wonder what kind of person you are if the traces of another man can come around you and it don't raise a flag. 
be a real man know your tendencies. Oh, you're supposed to be at 5 o'clock. It's 6 30. What's going on? See, when you get married, you learn these other routines. God said some of y'all routines changing. Y'all don't think he's the same God when Adam routine changed. God came down from heaven. He said, Adam, your routine changing. What's going on around this house? I made this God. What's going on around this God? You didn't meet me in the same spot you used to meet me. God know how to trace evidence. When you get married, you can become an investigator. Especially in the first stages, because the trust is strong. See, when the trust is strong, then you can just leave the phone around and leave the computer open. But you gotta build to that. In the beginning, you might be. You're not used to being married. That person might come behind. <laughs> she says, straight up detective. And don't let them be hurt before. Don't get mad that you married somebody and they was hurt before. Huh? Something you can't get intimate and close to your marriage. So some of them old rules might stop coming up. You gotta be patient. That's why I say Catherine is patient. Because you gotta let that woman work through that. You gotta let that man work through that. Now if you let him get through that, now you got something on your hands. But you gotta give him time to work through the insecurity. If y'all hurt before. Well, I thought I'm, I'm helping somebody. <laughs> you might have to pay for the first six months or two years for what Johnny did. Her. But if you love him, you're going to hang in there through that first year or two. And you're going to let the apple of your eye heal. you got to help her heal. you got to have that phone open. you got to do whatever it takes until they feel secure. And once they feel secure, you don't have to do that no more. Jesus said that if your woman bids you to go one mile, go two. Meaning love goes the extra mile. <laughs> if you're irritated because somebody insecure, we got to check your love. You got to be patient when people working through issues. He's crazy. You know, he ain't crazy. He's been played before. He's just trying to work through it. It's okay. Oh my God. Somebody say, Lord, you're helping me. I hope I'm helping y'all. So Hebrews 9 and 10 chapter, I can't get to it for the sake of time, so I'm just going to y'all can put the scripture up though. Hebrews 9 and 20, you can read it. I explain it. The part of the scripture, I'm going to give them to you. You can go back and read them, or maybe you can put them up as I'm talking. I'm going to just explain them. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 20. And then Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. And then Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26 to 21. 26 to 31. Well, this is talking about how every covenant that God started, even the old covenant, whenever Moses would stand up, and I'm just, I'm just going to this for a moment, just to show you the seriousness of covenants. All right? So here's what happens. Whenever in the old, in the old covenant they would kill the animals, they would get the blood out of them. When Moses would stand up, he would read the book of the law, and then he would take blood and he would sprinkle it on people. 
Y'all ever read that? Can you imagine being in church service and animal blood flying on them? That's how they want the church in the bottle. <laughs> the angel will say, mm, I don't know about that. Y'all, if I come here one Sunday with blood, y'all I ain't gonna watch it online this week. <laughs> but Moses would stand up and he would read to the people and then he would take the blood, he would sprinkle it on the book and he would sprinkle it in the audience. He would be like that. And what was happening when Moses did that, the devil was taking the covenant and it was connecting the covenant to the people by blood. The blood sealed covenant. Why? Because something died and life is in the blood, the Bible says. So whenever the blood comes and it's hit the people, that was God connecting that covenant to the people. Well, we all know in the old covenant it didn't get in the heart. So we come to the new covenant, the Holy Ghost is the blood of Christ. So whenever you come to the altar and the Holy Ghost falls upon you, that's the God applying that blood to you. And that's connecting you. Or he's putting that new covenant in your spirit. The Bible says he that's drawn to the Lord is what? One spirit. And so it is in the natural marriage. When a woman gets married and she's never been with a man, what happens the first time they get to make the marriage? Blood comes out. And what does that do? That seals them two together. I don't know why I feel like y'all didn't know that. Is that right? Can I get an amen? That's why you can't be connected to anything. Do you think your parents don't want you to get involved? No. They're really trying to protect you from giving something up that's supposed to be only for the person you connect with for the rest of your life. That's the intent of God. Now, we know many avenues are coming, and it happens, but that's how God, that's how covenants, covenants are sealed with blood. So what God is saying is when you come, and he wanted me to tell the church, you need to understand when you come to this altar and you commit yourself to God and he applies that blood on you, on the Holy Ghost, you have entered into a very serious covenant. And what he's saying is, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Meaning, you can't just get into this covenant with God and just walk away without consequences. The Apostle Peter began to say, it's better for you to have never got in that covenant. He said, because if you come get in this covenant and you walk away, he said, the last state is worse than the first. Meaning God said, you better off not getting in this covenant with me, because if you walk away from me, you're out of protection. No telling what's going to happen to you. So, y'all, I'm, now I'm going to give you about three tendencies of the adulterous spirit. And remember, I'm speaking to the bride of Christ. I'm going to give you some tendencies so you can know. Now, this part right here is going to be pretty interesting. Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 27. Amen? Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 27. We, because you can't drive a spirit out without identifying what you're driving out. Amen. 
Because all the spirit is is a mindset, it's a way of thinking. Every spirit that comes and talks to you, every spirit that comes, it has a mannerism and it has a thought process. So every spirit that comes to invade your life is coming to give you a behavior pattern and a thought process. The thought process that comes with it is to teach you how to make provisions for the behavior to be manifested. So every spirit comes with a mentality and a mannerism. Y'all got that? All right. So this adulterous spirit, we got to see how it works. Verse 27 says this. Now, y'all pay attention. He said, I have seen thine adultery. This tendency to number one. And thy names. Now, that word name was very, 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 very interesting. When I look this word up, look what this means. It means when the horse makes a neighing sound, then the signs were they call it a winning. And it's the sound the horse makes when they're impatient to get in battle and when they're impatient because lust is driving them. When a horse is impatient and lust is driving them, they start making noises. See, whenever your flesh is have something they want to fulfill, and you start getting all anxious and restless, and God, God is seeing you like a horse that's impatient and can't wait for Him to bring the real blessing in your life. You gotta fulfill it right now, right now, right now, right now. That's the first tendency of an adulterous spirit. They don't have patience to wait. That's why the scripture says to better offer worse. For worse, when, when if something happens to somebody in a relationship and y'all can't be intimate for six months, that's why it's vows. You can't be made like a horse and get impatient and break the covenant because you got desires that you just can't keep under control. So it is in the church world. That's how God's seeing his bride. They get impatient. They can't wait for God to close these lusts out of them. So they just grab anything, trying to soothe it. And then they go mess up their lives. And then they come back to God to clean it up. Somebody say, I don't want to be like a horse. <laughs> I want to be patient. It's a bad tendency. When you can't be patient, you're going to always have incomplete projects. Because you start a project, and in order for a project to come to completion, it takes time. You can't do anything instantly. It takes time to breach perfection. The Bible says, let patience have its perfect work. That word perfect connotates allowing things to develop. I say, let me cook. We're in the South. We like good food. We like to let it cook around here. Sometimes you even marinate it. Let it settle. Let that seasoning get all in there. You tell me you've been married one year, you're ready to jump out, you don't even have no, no seasoning on your marriage. You don't even have no brown roux yet. You've got that old white roux. The roux ain't even ball. It ain't even dark brown. And you're ready to jump out the marriage already. No, you need to let that roux get dark and brown and let it marinate. Start stirring the pot a little bit. See, we're from Louisiana. We like that black pot. My cousin told me, he said, because you got to let that, that, that crust, you got to straighten the bottom up. 
go to Dolphin's Field, they want to go buy in that little bag and put that little kitchen bouquet. That's called cheating. A real quick term of that. It's like when you get that kitchen bouquet, you don't have patience. You're cheating. And it comes in there, can I get an amen, somebody? See, we want a good gumbo, but don't want to be patient away from it. Somebody say, stop me like a horse. Turn their flesh down. Somebody say, let the marriage get good. Somebody say, slow down. She didn't have heard it for to go west. I need to marry people say, because you ain't going to find better than me anyway. Oh, y'all need to say that like you mean it. Now you might probably look them in the eye and say, I'm the best thing that ever happened to you. Somebody that's going to help me preach. Some of y'all probably got in a little argument. That's why the words are a little quiet. <laughs> some of y'all probably don't feel like that. But you need to let them know. Yeah, you were stressing last night. But guess what? I'm still the best thing you ever laid your eyes upon. Look, my sister stood up back there. That's what I'm talking about. First, they just drink the pipe. Scraping. Somebody say, if you married the little rocket, just start scraping. Somebody say, don't turn the stove over. Don't turn a pot in the trash. Just scrape the bottom. Let me say, just put a little water in there. Huh? Somebody say, we just need a little water on Somebody say, just put a little water on there. Praise God, putting some water on him, that's going to give baby some life. That's why Jesus said, he's a living water. Sometimes you just need to get back to the altar and let that living water hit that marriage. And he's going to turn that, take that old stony heart. How do you when nobody want to apologize? When you leave from under that living water, you're going to suffer yourself to be destroyed. Just so you can keep the relationship together. And I feel like preaching. Like our friends do, their friends they in a hurry to go nowhere. You ain't gonna find better than me. Say, I'm talking about Tony, how you say that? There's that exclamation point on that. Since you preach in my testimony. Hallelujah. Yeah. Somebody say marriage is work. Take some work to stay together a long time. A lot of forgiveness going there. A lot of starting over sometimes. Reset button. To reset. Sometimes you just need to push. And you know what? I know last night I wanted to give you a black eye. 
That's what God is talking about. See, when you're impatient, you broke the neck of something, then you still got a hole in your heart. You, ain't nobody can put you together like God. God is the only thing that can sickle you. Don't get impatient and just start picking things up and laying with somebody and getting drunk. No, just be patient and let God fill you. The Bible says you are complete in Him. Ooh. Oh, Jesus. All right, let's go to the second thing this day. How many of you ready to recommit? She said to me, that's what I'm talking about. Somebody say, I'm putting all the lovers away. And then we need to go delete some contacts. And I don't care if you go and look at that number, your hands start turning. She said, you're going to grab it and you're going to be like, Try say, use the other hand. She said she was blocking while I was preaching. That's what I'm talking about. You see, that's what I'm talking about. When that word pricked in your heart, you start repenting while you're listening. That's why the Holy Ghost fell when Peter was preaching. As he was preaching, the Holy Ghost started falling. That's just to start jogging the mind and say, you gotta go. Believe. Be loud working to you, not friends. Oh, my God. Well, I think we're going to get the doctor spirit out of the church. Christ's about to have him a clean bride. Huh? Christ's going to have him a sparkling white bride without a spot of blemish or a wrinkle on it. Ooh, she's going to be able to walk down that aisle with a glistening white dress. Praise God. Attendance in number two, Proverbs 30, 18 and 20. It says, there be three things which are wonderful for me, yet four which I know not. He said, I don't even understand. Some things I just don't understand. He said, I can't understand the way of an eagle in the air. He said, I can't understand the way a serpent moves on a rock. And the way of a ship in the midst of the sea. Understand the way of a man with a man. And such is the way they are not. I'm talking about. And white comes and says, wickedness. With that, the tendency of the adulterous spirit, they consume and get gratified by their mouth like they wasn't in the in cup. God is saying, when you wipe your mouth like you didn't hurt my feelings. You're supposed to be living on You watched it, and you're not supposed to I'm not even supposed to When you have that kind of spirit, that means you're engaging in things, and you're not even honoring the covenant that you're in. Not to have what you did to him. Why y'all cry? Thinking about that, huh? What God is saying is, you're an emotional being. You and how do you think you can? And it don't bother me. God is saying you hurt me whenever you say that you're in a relationship with me and you have all. 
even proclaim my name. They take my name down among the heathen, and they're looking at you as you say, make me look weak. You say you love me. So take care of yourself. You make it look like I can't provide for my. to take care of you, be not patient, and then you fulfill it and act like I'm just supposed to be like, oh, I'm supposed to be. I said, no, you need to know that bothers me. Anybody ever been hurt? No. In his image and his life. And God don't be heard. Help me today. God said, don't act like the things you do hurt me. Don't say, I'm committed. I'm committed. Every, all of heaven is invested in this relationship. And you destroy nothing. But we need to honor we need to remember can do anything that embarrasses God. God would rather for you to keep your name, keep his name out of your mind. God said, don't keep my name in vain. Name me. How many of you know that hurt God? You come to the altar Holy Ghost, and then the Friday night after you got the Holy Ghost, you were told God, and then Friday you were in some place. How you And here I am out of here, my son crucified to make a way for them to get the salvation. God gave him my spirit. Anyway, slipping curse and think I don't even, it don't bother me. How many of you know Christians shouldn't be slipping and cursing? The Bible said, let no corrupt come out of your mouth. Come on, there you go, dude. Christmas. We shouldn't be like, whenever the Bible said that's like Paul, he'd be from the teacher, he said, let it not be once the name among you. When we walk out of the churches and we are committed to Christ, we need to always that we are representing Him. We have told our families we are saved. We have told our co-workers we are saved. We should wear that with pride. How many times you see somebody leave a beautifully planned marriage ceremony and they shame to say they're married? No, they want pictures on Instagram, Facebook. We want everybody to know married. Get the Holy Ghost, you getting married to God. And you should post it everywhere. I got saved today. You should be proud that you gave your life to Christ. See, when you're a player, though, you shame with that other person. Some of them, you say, What you mean by saved? <laughs> like, like no more, like I can't go travel anymore, like that kind of thing. 
No, see what I meant was I got touched. Well, what I meant was I felt something. Something happened, but you know what? He know my heart. He ain't finished with me. You know me. That's a strong word. See, saying really means, you know, grace. And, you know, Jesus prayed it all, you know. And people leave out of church. I didn't know I couldn't do this with my eyes. Sit down and count the cars. No, you can't be trail riding. Don't come arguing with me about it. Well, nothing really wrong at the trail riding. I stayed in the car and didn't get down. <laughs> I don't want to hear you saying, telling me all the places you're going and all of this. You're weak because you got all these lovers. That's why you're weak, because you're always trying to justify a lover you want to hold. You can't get strong because you've got too many lovers that you want to hold on to. You be strong. You can't have all them lovers and try to be saved. That's what God told us. The prophet said that Israel had lovers. Ain't that a shame to treat God like that? We don't need that spirit in the church. Be married to Christ. Oh, God. So y'all got that second tendency of that adultery spirit? They break covenant and hurt the other person and don't even think it matters. You don't respect the, the seriousness of the covenant. Amen. That's a, so remember, a spirit is a thought process and a tendency. A tendency is the behavior, the thought process is how to position myself to carry the behavior out. So God said, you know, that adulterous spirit out of the church. That's why Paul taught renewing your mind. I mean, you have to start thinking different so you won't bring yourself in that environment. Amen? One more tendency, then I'm moving on. Now, this is a good one. I'm going to be honest with you. Proverbs 10, verse 23. Y'all still with me? Let me get this wrapped up. It says, It is as a sport for a fool to do mischief. That word fool just means somebody that's broad of understanding in an area. Okay? You can be intelligent in one thing, but foolish in another. So what he's saying is, It is as a sport for a fool to do mischief. Okay, and then what he's saying in that, that next part, but a man of understanding has wisdom. What he's trying to tell you is a tendency of an adulterous spirit is they brag. Not the sports world. And you in the locker room, I'm going to tell you a little bit about how it goes. Anybody ever been in a locker room with some players? I got any, any witnesses in there? Man, I told that girl, let me tell you what I told her. She didn't want to come in until I said I love her. Now, y'all know I'm a player. I don't love her. 
but I stayed in. Because that's what it took. See, the mail fraud ran on it by the count. Y'all laughing, huh? <laughs> Uh, y'all, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to find words that's going to hit your heart. So you can, yeah, I'm saying I'm paid, but I'm going to be over there. I'm coming to meet y'all Friday. That's like a sport to you. How many girls you can be with? That's what players do. They brag on that. God said, that's how Christians are. They say, oh, yeah, I tell them I was saved, but you know, I still do this. I still get drunk a little bit. I still, but I told him I would say, man, I'll do what I want. Man, I'll drink what I want to drink. I'm going to come. You see, they want me to do it. Man, I'm going to come. I ain't coming. It's like a sport. See? You, you, you can't serve God like that. Bragging on your mistreatment of him. See, I knew guys, they would lie. Oh, yeah, I slept with this one, that one, that one, that one, that one. I slept with this This lie. Because it's like, a, it's like a rush for you to try to impress somebody about how many people you That's a mind. That's an adulterous mind. And that leads me to the church. And the Bible says, I can spoil it to a fool to do mischief. Mischief just means wicked things. Some people take pride in being sneaky. You're 35. You ain't got to sneak if you want to do something, do it. You're 45 years old and trying to hide. You ain't got to hide. Just say, I ain't saying no more. Yeah, I go to the club. I smoke weed. I'm too proud. I'm 45. I'm a grown. Just come out the box. You don't have to torment yourself and try to cover your life up. That's torment. Being having a secret life is torment. You being torment, you don't even have to be. You say, man, I ain't saved no more. If you're in a marriage, say, I don't want to be married no more. What you mean? Look, let me just be honest with you. I'm going to just, just be honest with you. Some people don't confess until they get caught. Don't just say, look, I, I'm not ready to be married. I thought I was ready to be married. I'm just not ready to be married. Why, why, why hurt somebody? Talk. That's what God is telling you. Just be honest with me. Because when I commit, I'm going to commit. I'm going to put the armies of heaven on your side. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to do everything in my power that a good husband does to make sure your life is secure. I'm all in. But if this is not what you want to do, be honest with me. Don't play me. God telling the church, don't play me. You see, true love is vulnerable. God is letting the church world know you hurt me when you do that. The church world needs to know that when we go out in the world and we ashamed of God, that hurts Him. When we go out in the world and say we're Christians and we do things to defame his name, we need to know that hurt him. We need to know that he has feelings just like you have feelings. We need to know that. Praise God. Y'all give him a hand for that this morning. Hallelujah. Let me wrap this up. 
And what do we do? Y'all can stand up, and we're going to get rid of the Raptors stuff. Y'all going to get rid of all these lovers. You don't even have to raise your hand. Amen. You just got to know in your heart that when you really commit to the Lord, amen, you can't have no other lovers in your life. Amen. I mean, if I'm, I'm raising my hand. I don't want no lovers. I'm going to raise it one more time. I don't want any other lover in my life. I don't want a lover because lover kind of takes playing the field. I want to be in a relationship with Christ that's just me and Christ. No idols, nothing else in the way. I don't want him competing for my time, nudging me to pray, nudging me to study. No, I want my heart to be after him 100%. And this is what you need to know, church. This is what you need to know when you read Jeremiah. Can I read a few, a little bit of them? Because if I know, I want you to hear what God is saying to you. Jeremiah 3, let me just read it. While you're standing, and we're going to pray and get on our way. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, help us, God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Verse 5 says, Will he reserve his name for him? Why will he keep it to the end? To behold, thou hast spoken and done evil things as thou clear. But the Lord said also unto me in the days of Josiah the king, Has thou seen that which backslide in Israel has done? She has gone up upon every high mountain and under every green tree, and there she has played the harlot. And I said, After she has done all of these things, turn thou to me. But she returned not. And the church of Sister Judas taught, and I saw, going for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her bill of divorce. And yet, her treacherous Sister Judas feared not, but went and played the harlot also. For that is saying, is people watching our life. And when we misrepresent our covenant to God, it gives other people, it makes them think it's okay to serve God in a sloppy manner. See? So you got to be conscious of how you serve God. Because if you serve God with all of your heart, you're sending a signal that this is how you serve God. But when you say you serve God, but you serve Him in a sloppy manner, that's sending a message to your family member. But that's telling them you can get saved and still smoke. You can still drink. You can still go to the trail ride when you want to. When you say you save and you do those things, you are telling them it's okay to live like that and be saved. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he says, and it came to pass through the likeness of a whore. But she defiled the lady and committed adultery with stones and with stops. And yet, for all of her, all of this, her treacherous sister Judah has not turned unto me with her whole heart. But fame, fame to me, pretending, said the Lord. And the Lord said unto me, The backslide of Israel has justified herself more than the treacherous Judah. Go and proclaim these words for the Lord. He says, Return. Somebody say, Return. All God is saying is, come on back home. 
come on back home. God said, if you would turn to me, I said, my arms are like this. I said, I don't even remember what you did this morning if you turned with all of your heart. Hallelujah. He said, God backsliding in from the Lord. He says, and I will not cause my anger to fall upon you, for I am merciful, said the Lord. And I will not keep anger forever. He said, only acknowledge thine iniquity, and that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God, and has scattered thy ways to the strangers under every green tree, and you have not obeyed my voice. He said, but turn, O backside and children, said the Lord. He said, for I am married to you. Oh, my God. So now we tell you, neighbor, say, God is married to you. Look to the other side and say, God is married to you. Look behind you and say, God is married to you. Say, God still wants you. God still loves you. Say, it doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter how far you go. Say, his hand is stretched out. And all he wants is for you to say you're sorry. And he'll take you back in. Thank you, God. He said, and that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God. He said, for I'm married to you, and I will take you one of a city into a family. And I will bring you to Zion. He said, and I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed about you with knowledge and understanding. He says, and it shall come to pass when you be multiplied and increased in the land. In those days, said the Lord, they shall say no more the ark of the covenant of the Lord. And neither shall it come to mind, and neither shall I they remember, and neither shall they visit it. Neither shall that be done anymore. So, amen. I want to invite you to the altar, and I want to share this as you're coming up. I want to invite all of you to the altar today to meet God. Amen. And what I want you to think about today is you're coming to the altar. Amen. Amen. That the mercy of God is at this altar today. Don't let the devil tell you that you can't come to the altar and recommit yourself to God. We need to understand how the forgiveness of God works. When you acknowledge your transgression and you tell God that you apologize, that you apologize for what you've done that separated you, He's merciful. He's merciful. And He's forgiven you. And when God forgives, God don't forgive like me. God not going to bring it up tomorrow. God is not going to keep throwing it in your face. When God forgives you, He don't remember it no more. Amen. So let us recommit to the Lord today. Hallelujah. Let us recommit. Take your time. Come up a little few steps. Let's make a room for everyone. Let us make a little room. Amen. Amen. This is a renewing of the vows. Just like you start fresh in your relationship with God. Amen. We're putting all our lovers away today. We're burning at the altar. Amen. And we're telling God that we're not going to have no other God before Him. Hallelujah.